Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. And as Josh said earlier, uh, fighting the cold, it would have been so easy just to uh, say, yeah, look at that thermometer. I think I'm going to stay home. But uh, you came out this morning and I'm so glad that you're here and trust that you will be encouraged this morning as we look at God's word together. I do need to uh, let you know of a couple things. Our annual meeting is the 28th of January. That's uh, two Sundays from now. It'll be at approximately 9.55, so it'll be between the two services. And uh, involved in that, we uh, church members vote on the budget and deacon nominees in both of those, uh, the four different deacon nominees either being nominated or renominated, and uh, the budget proposal, both are on the bulletin board outside the office, and please, if you have any questions, please call, and uh, we'd uh, want to make sure that uh, you're as prepared as possible in that. One other thing, as most of you know, we uh, Bryant School, our neighborhood school, we, we strive to be an encouragement and a help there to uh, the students and teachers at Bryant School. And in February 6th, they have their teacher conferences, and last year we, we did this. We've done different things throughout the years. Last year uh, we did this, it was greatly appreciated, is provide food for the teachers because they start right after school, well into the evening. And uh, so out at the Connect Center, uh, there may be information out there. It'd probably be easiest if you call uh, the office here. Uh, we're just... Starting to get prepared for that, we just met with them here uh, on, I believe it was Thursday, and so we're trying to, uh, to help with that, and so if you're able to help, it would be a soup or a dessert or uh, I think we have some bread and rolls that we'd like to provide too, so if you're able to help with that, please contact the office or stop at the Connect Center for more information. And the other thing that came up when... Uh, when they met with uh, the people from Bryant School is they have a great need for gloves. And uh, they have, uh, they've had some and they are running very low with that for students that need help with that. So if you're able to, uh, to bring in a couple pairs of kids' gloves and they can be new or slightly used, uh, we'll, each week we'll take some more over there. So if you're able to help with that, Please bring them here to the church, and uh, and we'll get them to them to help with their kids. And they actually have uh, preschool through fifth grade, so you get the idea of sizes. Uh, but if you could help with that, we'd greatly appreciate it, and I know the school would greatly appreciate it. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, we are amazed at the goodness of God. And as we're challenged to go against the flow... Lord, help us to stand firm and strong for you. Help us to break the mold and be different because of our relationship with you. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We all like a good fish story. This morning in Luke chapter 5, as we continue our series against the flow, we find an amazing fish story. 
Now, you have probably seen this bumper sticker or sign that we've got here. A bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. I, I love how it was written by Anonymous. <laughs> you know, that was somebody who probably wasn't overly excited about their job, but they maybe didn't want to admit it. Now, I, I, that's a, I think that's a funny saying, and, and fishing is a, is a great sport, hobby. Now, I, I think for a lot of people that say, oh, that's a true statement. Now, yesterday, I don't think that would have been true. And I know some of you are, are diehard ice fishermen, and I, and I enjoy fishing. I've, I've never really got into ice fishing, and yesterday, you would have had the lake to yourself. But in Luke chapter 5, we find a fishing story. Now, this isn't the, uh, the story that's sort of exaggerated of the one that got away or, or the size of my fish. You know, I caught one this long and uh, things like that. This really happened with Jesus and a crowd of people and the disciples. But in this story, we find out some amazing things about Jesus and his character. And so as we look at these first 11 verses of Luke 5, we see some amazing things about Jesus. He's very early in his ministry, and we see, though, as the people recognize more and more about the character of Jesus, it should help us fall in love more with him each and every day. We see in the first three verses that Jesus is a teacher worth hearing. Notice what it says, beginning in verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's another name for the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So here he is in this region of Galilee, and he's been performing miracles, and his miracles amazed the crowds, and they also marveled at his teaching. So here he was there by the sea, and and the crowds grew and gathered and were pressing in upon him. So what he did was he, he got Simon or Simon Peter to, to take, get his boat, and he went out into the water just a little bit so there would be more room. And he began, or he continued to teach. And those people, although we will see as his ministry goes on, many turned away, we see that they were amazed at his teaching. And as we look at God's word, and we are amazed at the principles that God has for us in his word. But not only was Jesus a teacher worth hearing, he was a guide worth heeding. Look at verses 4 through 7. It says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. 
Now, I'm sure if you're a fisherman, you've probably had a lot of days like this where you were wondering if your boat would make it back to shore because you had so many fish. If you're like me, it's like, I just enjoy the weather and the beauty. I, I let, usually leave the fish to themselves. But so it was an amazing catch of fish. But in these verses, we're reminded more of the character of Jesus. We're reminded of his omniscience, his omnipotence. He knew where the fish were. And we see in creation that Jesus Christ is the creator, the sustainer of the universe, and we're reminded of his amazing power and knowledge. And, and it's fascinating that we see Peter here that in this story, Peter does some amazingly good and wise things. He recognized that it was wise to listen to the counsel of Jesus. At the end of chapter 4, we, we see that Peter was able to observe Jesus performing miracles, including the healing of Peter's own mother-in-law. And like Paul, Peter realized that he must trust God God's power and his wisdom. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, Paul says, And he said to me, Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul recognized that only through Christ's strength would he have true power. And he must rely and depend upon God. And Peter recognized that same thing. But think about it. It took Peter great humility to follow the guidance of Jesus and drop the nets in the deep water. Think about a couple things that are going on here. Peter was an experienced fisherman. He fished for a living. He knew what he was doing. And what was Jesus? He was a carpenter, an itinerant preacher. Why should the professional fisherman listen to the amateur? But notice what Peter said in verse 5. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word I will let down the net. We also see Peter and his companions had fished all night with no success. Reminds us of two things. First of all, he was tired. And second of all, they'd been trying and trying and trying with no success. And then Jesus' advice went against fishing wisdom. You see, they would fish at night because that was when the fish were near the surface feeding. During the day, the, the fish would retreat to the cool depths of the deep water. And so it was normal for them to fish there in the evening and nighttime and early morning rather than during the daytime. Peter was tired, he was frustrated, but he swallowed his pride and put his faith in Jesus. 
Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It is so easy for us to lean on our own understanding. This is the way I need to do it. This is my plan and it's a good one. I'm sure it had to go through Peter's mind. Listen, I know what I'm doing. I've fished for years. Who does Jesus think he is telling me how to do it? But rather, Peter recognized the importance of trusting and following Christ. He heeded the advice of Jesus. And it's interesting, Jesus brought out a different plan in following a rabbi. What would happen? The rabbi or the teacher would would take some young people and they would follow him and they would follow in the steps of the rabbi. Day in and day out, they would observe. But then what would happen is as the student was trained, eventually the student would go out on their own and be self-sufficient. But God's plan for our lives is different. In order to be successful, we must be more dependent on him. That's why Paul could say, When I am weak, then I am strong. Because our dependence must be upon God and God alone. Three times in the Gospels we see an interaction with Peter and Jesus having to do with fishing. And each time Jesus helped the professional fishermen catch fish. We see here in Luke chapter 5, the first time during Jesus' ministry, it's mentioned in the Gospels, and, and Jesus guided Peter to catch so many fish that it caused two boats to almost sink. In Matthew 17, 27, Jesus instructed Peter to go to a certain place where he would catch a fish that had a coin in its mouth that Peter could use to pay Jesus and Peter's taxes. That was when there was the debate, you know, do we debate Caesar or God? And, and Jesus said, you know, we need to pay our taxes. And, and so there was some debate going on there. And, and Jesus said, Peter, go ahead, go over there. Throughout your line, you'll catch a fish. It'll have a coin in its mouth. It's enough to pay for our taxes. So maybe about April 15th, you should maybe do some fishing. <laughs> and we see a third time in John chapter 21. Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. And the disciples were there, and one day Peter said, let's go fishing. I'm going to go back fishing. Things had changed. But Jesus showed up on the shore. And just like this one, it says they had been fishing and caught nothing. And Jesus said, hey, Peter. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. I mean, what a foolish piece of advice. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be fishing here and here, and it's going to be 10 feet the other direction as I go over on the other side of the boat. But that time they caught 153 fish. Peter recognized that it was Jesus. He jumped out of the boat, swam back to shore. He didn't even wait for the boat to get back to see Jesus. So I want to give you some advice. If you're going fishing with Jesus, follow his suggestion. You ever fish, and again, I go fishing, 
But I'm not an expert fisherman, but it's fun to go with somebody who really knows what they're doing because you can learn a lot. Well, the guy who knew what he was doing recognized that he needed to learn so much more. Peter recognized that he needed to listen to the advice of Jesus. And Jesus desires to guide us in our journey with him through this life. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to follow his wisdom. And Peter recognized the importance of heeding Jesus' guidance. And then we also see that Jesus is a God worth worshiping. Verses 8 through 10 says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knees, uh, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and they were, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Peter recognized two important things in, this, in these verses and two important things that we need to recognize also. First of all, Peter recognized that Jesus was more than a man. He was worthy of worship. Exodus 34 reminds us that we are to worship only God. If you remember a couple weeks ago as we were in Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4 verse 8 says this, And Jesus answered and said to him, that was to Satan, as Satan was tempting Jesus to, to worship Satan. But Jesus said to him, to Satan, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. We're to worship God and God alone. Oftentimes in our lives there are so many other things that we decide to worship. Now, we may not get down and on our knees and bow before it, but it becomes the priority and the focus of our lives. And Peter recognized that Jesus is the only one worthy of our worship. God alone is the one we should worship. But also in that, Peter recognized his sinfulness in contrast to Jesus' holiness. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, we see Isaiah coming into a meeting with God. And it's fascinating what Isaiah says. Isaiah says in Isaiah 6, verse 5, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We oftentimes look at God as a Santa Claus to, uh, to fulfill our desires and our needs. And we see him as a friend. And we are to go before God with our needs. And he does desire to be our friend. But God is a holy God. And we need to recognize that, and that should drastically change the way we live. And Peter recognized that Jesus was a God worth worshiping, and that his sinfulness was a stark contrast to the holiness of Christ. But in this, we also see Jesus' mercy towards Peter. 
He told Peter, listen, you don't need to be afraid. If you remember back before Christmas as we were looking at the first couple chapters of Luke, when when the angel would come to, to Mary or in Matthew to Joseph, but then also when it came to the shepherds, the reminder, do not be afraid. And Jesus said, Peter, don't, you don't need to fear. The afraid fear, we should have a reverential fear of God. But Jesus demonstrated mercy and grace toward Peter. And then he also told Peter that he had a job for him to do. And that's also part of Jesus' mercy and grace. He wanted Peter to recognize that he had value. And he needed to have purpose in his life. Because there was something that Peter was called to do. And we're the same way. I remember when Elijah, just after he had uh, had the, the amazing miracle on Mount Carmel and fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice and, and they killed the prophets of Baal and the people of Israel said, the Lord, he is God. The, the mountain peak experience on the mountain. But then Jezebel The wicked queen said, oh, Elijah, you're going to be just like those prophets of Baal within 24 hours. And what did Elijah do? He forgot all about the power of God, and he ran from the fury of the queen. And he went out into the wilderness. He he got rid of his, his assistant, who was an encouragement to him, made them stay behind. He went out into the wilderness, and he sat underneath the tree, and he said, God, just kill me. It's not worth it. But what did God do? God came. He showed his mighty power in an earthquake and a wind and a fire, but then he spoke to him in a still, small voice. And he encouraged Elijah that he was not alone. So there are 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. You're not alone, Elijah. But then what else did he do? He gave Elijah a job to do. Actually, there was like three jobs. Some different tasks that he was to fulfill. And oftentimes in our lives, we, we feel worthless And we question our value. And yes, we are sinners in desperate need of grace, but we have a merciful God who loves us, desires relationship with us, and we have the opportunity to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so we see that Jesus encouraged demonstrated mercy toward Peter. And then we find that Jesus is a Lord worth following. Verse 11 says, So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They took Jesus up on his job offer to become fishers of men. And once again, Peter and the others demonstrated their faith. They displayed immediately or immediate obedience. They left everything behind and followed Jesus. Now, just a little 
curious point here. Jesus' timing in the offer was interesting. Now, if he would have gone by business practices, the best time for him to offer the Peter, Peter the job was early that morning after Peter had just spent the night fishing with no luck. And remember, that was Peter's livelihood. No fish to sell to pay the bills. Hey, Peter, you want to think about doing something else? <laughs> sure, anything. But he waited till Peter had his best day fishing ever. And then he said, hey, Peter, leave that behind. Come follow me. And Peter followed Jesus and the other disciples there in the boats also. They recognized his power and his glory. And they understood that following Jesus was the best choice. They left everything and followed him. And that's what God calls us to do. Oftentimes we make the mistake in saying, you know, I'm just going to give Jesus this part of my life. And, and this time frame, I'm going to do this for him. And, and won't he be pleased? God desires our all. In every area of our life, we need to put him first. And Peter and the others determined that they were going to follow Jesus. Why? Because they recognized that in following Jesus, they could impact their world. And we have that same opportunity. There's a guy named Jim Collins, and he's written some books on business and leadership. He's written a book, probably his most well-known book, is called Good to Great. It's a very interesting book. It, it challenges business people to seek to be great. And in it, he also warns the danger of striving just to be good. And it's a very good book. It's challenging. If you're involved in any type of leadership, it's a, it's a good book to read. And, uh, but, but it's interesting because at the very end, he makes this statement. And... Uh, it's found on page 210 of his book. Listen, and we also have it up on the screen. It's a little longer quote, but I think it points to something very important that we need to learn this morning. So Jim Collins says this, When all these pieces, and that's all the things he's been talking about, how to become great in business. When all these pieces come together, not only does your work move toward greatness, but so does your life. For, in the end, it is impossible to have a great life unless it is a meaningful life. And it is very difficult to have a meaningful life without meaningful work. Perhaps then you might gain the rare tranquility that comes from knowing that you've had a hand in creating something of intri intrinsic excellence that makes a contribution. Indeed, you might even gain that deepest of all satisfactions, knowing that your short time here on this earth has been well spent and that it mattered. Now, obviously, if you work, we're called to be the best we can be at work. We honor God by being diligent in our work. And, and Jim Collins was pointing specifically to, to work here, but... As I read those words, 
It's a reminder of some of the things that Peter and his friends learned that day. The importance of doing something meaningful, making a difference in this world. And Peter and the others recognized that the way they would do that would be to follow their Lord. Whatever he called them to do. And then they would make a difference and their life would have true meaning. For us, that first important step of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. But that's the beginning of the journey. Are we willing to step out and follow him? It's interesting, Peter... We see, and he had his ups and downs. You read through the Gospels, and as we continue through Luke, we'll find times where Peter knocked it out of the park, did a great job, and we'll find times when Peter failed miserably. But Peter, in Acts chapter 2, amazing part, and throughout the book of Acts, we see Peter and some of the things that, that he did for God. And eventually he gave his life for his Savior. But in Acts chapter 2, Peter spoke before thousands of people and he shared the importance of following Christ. Notice the results in Acts 2.41. It says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, God was the one who did the saving, but he, did, he used Peter. And we see, I don't know how many fish Peter caught to make two boats almost sink. We know in John 21, he caught 153. But in Acts chapter 2, he caught about 3,000. And not live fish to put in the freezer. But dead people who became alive in Christ. Dead in their sins. And now alive in Christ. So Jesus said, let's go fishing. And Jesus calls us to follow him, just like Peter and those other disciples. Let's pray. Father, thank you. That is almighty God. You love us more than we can imagine. Thank you for your faithfulness and your love and your mercy and the character that you have described in these verses. Lord, help us to recognize the greatest thing that we can do is to follow you. And Lord, may you receive the glory through what we do. And may our focus be upon you. May we rely upon your strength. And may we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.